0: in 3 in 2 in 1 hi everybody tim anderson here the appraisers advocate thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today and listen to this podcast i appreciate it we call this one today use pap and enough iterations recent podcast, we covered USPAP's requirements for the contents of a work file. In it, we concluded that the more relevant stuff there was in the work file, the better. In fact, it was clear that a thick work file just might be the best friend an appraiser ever had. So, for every appraiser's benefit, let's expand on this theme. Let's get into its deeper meaning and then apply that new knowledge to what we already know. By, quote, deeper meaning, unquote, I mean the use of iterations as part of a credible, accurate, reproducible, and reliable real estate appraisal. And, of course, iterations in the context of this podcast mean doing something more than just once. This is merely due diligence, a check, as it were, to see if in doing something merely once we did it correctly. Multiple iterations help us determine if the results of those efforts make sense. First, let's go back to all mother USPAP to see what she says about iterations. Actually, she says nothing directly. In fact, the word iterations does not appear in USPAP. Its closest use is in FAQ number 39 in the context of reiterating a point on a proper certification in the report. Its closest use is in FAQ number 39 in the context of reiterating a point on a proper certification in the report. So there is no direct reference to iteration or iterations in USPAP. But let's investigate to determine if there are any indirect references to it. And that investigation pays off. As but one example, look at the scope of work rule, lines 382 to 384 in USPAP. These say, quote, The scope of work must contain the research and analyses that are necessary to develop credible assignment results, unquote. In the context of iterations, notice the use of the word analyses. This is plural. Its use in the plural implies multiple iterations. In an appraisal, this is currently not common. Yes, as part of an appraisal, there is a lot of stuff to research, then to analyze. One example would be the analyses of the comparable sales. But do we stop at merely one analysis of any given market trend? For example, from January 2022 to December 2022, first mortgage residential interest rates went out of control. In that interim, they went from about 3% to about 7%. This increase pretty much shut the mortgage market down. Then they decreased to around 5%. This is about a 100% increase and then almost a 30% decrease. Pretty volatile, right? And just what does all of this have to do with iterations? Look at the comment to Standard Rule 1 3a. Quote, an appraiser must avoid making an unsupported assumption or premise about market area trends, effective age, and remaining life, Unquote. Therefore, with these interest rate changes, we appraisers have an ethical dilemma. How do we make our time adjustment? Based on sales in the first quarter of 2022 compared with sales in the last quarter of 2022? Unfortunately, that step smooths out market trends. This smoothing may present a picture of a calm market, yet interest rates changing from 3% to 7% to 5% are not calm. So to represent to the client a calm market is simply misleading. Let's start with your iterations of a time series analysis. This should cover a period of at least 365 days. This is because the top of page 2 on the URAR states, quote, There are blank comparable sales in the subject neighborhood within the last 12 months, ranging in sales price from blank dollars to blank dollars. This means from a low price to a high price. This step also provides the information for the one-unit housing trends on page 1, Don't confuse this with one-unit housing just to the right of one-unit housing trends. One-unit housing requires different analyses. Those analyses include houses that are not comparable to the subject. One-unit housing trends includes only those properties comparable to the subject. The first iteration of the one-unit housing trends time series analysis results in a scatterplot. We use this to guide us to a second iteration. Look for a pause in the market where there are very few transactions. This means there's a gap in the data, a pause in the data points on the scatterplot. This gap, this pause in market activity, usually means that buyers react to higher interest rates before sellers. Sellers are reluctant to lower their offering prices, yet buyers are well aware of their decreased purchasing power when interest rates are higher than they were previously. Thus the market comes to a temporary halt, thus the gap. Then complete a second time series analysis after the gap. Compare this with a third iteration before the gap. This comparison will show you the dollar per day adjustments you should apply to your comparables. This of course depends on when a comparable closed. If it closed after the gap, use the second iteration to determine the dollar per day adjustment rate. This adjustment will be up to the time the market paused, and a second adjustment from the gap until the appraisal's effective date. If you want, follow the precedent of the one zero zero four MC form. use one to three month, four to six month, and seven to twelve month iterations. Market changes rarely follow this precise schedule, however, therefore learn to interpret the first iteration scatter plot. Then, let the market show how to choose succeeding iterations of time intervals. Clearly, all these iterations contribute to a thick work file. But how do these iterations protect us as appraisers? By showing the various iterations of our analyses, we demonstrate we engaged in no unwarranted assumptions. By showing the various iterations of our analyses, we show we avoided confirmation, judgment, and selection biases. This is because we analyzed all the relevant data as Standards Rule 1-4 requires of us. By demonstrating all of these, we also demonstrated that we are familiar with USPAP's Competency Rule. We demonstrated we are familiar with USPAP's admonition against unsupported assumptions. In other words, our final value conclusion has its base in data the market provided, in facts the market supports. No dependence on the hollow boilerplate, just the proper analyses of market data and market facts. And then we put all these iterations in the work file, where they will remain forever. To chronicle the data this way demonstrates our understanding of USPAP's record-keeping rule. In turn, this shows we understand USPAP's definition of an appraiser. We provide valuation services competently and in a manner that is independent, impartial, and objective. So, a chronicle of the analytic iterations of the market data makes for a thick work file. A work file thick with relevant analyses and their iterations shows we complied with USPAP. That we complied with USPAP shows we are both competent and ethical. When we are both competent and ethical, we are also professional. And let's face it, an AVM cannot be a professional. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. I'm Tim Anderson, The Appraisers Advocate. If I can ever be of service to you, please get in touch with me. Tim at TheAppraisersAdvocate.com It will be an honor to know you and a pleasure to work with you. My best to you and all of yours. And one last question. Are your professional fees professional enough? Now we're clear.